Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Karina Smith to the show. Karina has over 20 years of experience leading teams on humanitarian missions to deliver humanitarian aid and facilitate sustainable projects in villages, relief camps, and orphanages around the world. Karina recently launched a website called The Conscious Citizen Effect, designed to help us all learn to make more conscious consumer choices and everyday habits that are kinder to our planet, animals, and our local and global communities. Karina, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Raj. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. You too. Karina, I usually start the show off by asking my guest something interesting about them, but after reading your bio, I have to ask, what led you down this humanitarian path? You know, I've always been attracted to humanitarian causes since I was a young child. I'm one of those people who kind of knew what they wanted to do from a very early young age. Um, I was just born that (laughs) way. I can't help it. I would see the, um, you know, commercials uh, for Feed the Children and I'd just be glued to the screen and immediately wanted to do something or help in any way that I could. And, um, you know, really young, I would do things like collect change from the couch and try to mail it and address the envelope to the poor and it would return come return back to me the uh, mailman return would return the envelope back or you know I would always just try to troubleshoot and how can I help you know I wanted to come up with ideas and I was just frustrated with what I saw knowing it wasn't necessary and so um, when I got a little older uh, early teens I started volunteering um, with a nonprofit that my dad connected me with. My dad is an airline pilot for many years. Uh, he's retired now. And as a result, I had free airfare for, you know, anywhere pretty wow. much in the world that American Airlines flew to. So I started traveling with this uh, nonprofit he connected me with called Airline Ambassadors International. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, mainly for uh, employees, airline employees to use their time and their free airfare. And before 9-11, we actually had a lot more cargo shipment benefits as well. And so a lot of flight attendants and pilots and crew members and other airline employees, we would, you know, go take these trips around the world and we would deliver needed supplies, um, you know, all over the place. And so I started traveling with them as soon as I could. I, I want to say age 15, maybe even for late 14, early 15, I started uh, traveling with them. It was amazing. So how did your parents handle such an aware child? <laughs> um, that's a great question. My parents, you know, they were, when I look back at the helicopter parents, they were not helicopter parents <laughs> at all. You know, they just, I mean, I flew to Manila by myself at like 16 years old and connected through Tokyo. And I don't know a parent, many parents do that anymore, but I think they knew me. They knew I was very independent. I was very trustworthy. I wasn't the type of kid to get in a lot of trouble ever um, or anything like that. I mean, nothing, nothing major. And um, I was just very mature as a child and they knew that. And, you know, they encouraged both of them, encouraged me to you know, to travel. My mom was a very adventurous person and travel traveler, and she still is a very adventurous person. And so I think I definitely got the adventurous spirit from her. And, you know, my dad was a pilot, so he was used to navigating airports and travel. And, you know, he knew I wanted to do something like this. And so 
you know, with their blessing. And they trusted me to travel with other crew members and airline employees. I felt very I, like I would be very safe with them. And I, I really was. So it was great. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. So on your early trips, let's say when you were 15, 16 years old and going out to these, I guess they would call them now emerging markets. Um, what are some of the things you started learning at an early age? Well, one of the first things I picked up, um, one of my first humanitarian missions, the first few were to Brazil and the Philippines. And I learned how happy um, kids my age were, families were, people were, despite how difficult their you know physical surroundings were, or how much poverty they were in, or the things they didn't have. They still seemed to have laughter and joy and a lot of love for each other and families. And it was almost like it's not that those things around them didn't matter, but it's almost like they had their priorities straight. And, you know, know, coming from a, a town in the Midwest that is, you know, predominantly white, it has very little diversity and is middle to upper class where I grew up. Um, you know, I knew that, you know, while there is a lot of happiness and joy, there was definitely human connection that was missing. Um, and some of the the cultures I was more familiar with. And so that was a really quick draw and made me want more to to travel and to learn from these cultures. So when you would come back from your trips, how would you feel when you were back here stateside? Um, You know, definitely I went through a lot of what they call reverse culture shock. And especially after living abroad in college, it, it would hit me harder when you're away for a long time. But, you know, I struggled when I was younger and first experiencing these things. I mean, it's been many years now and I, I handle these things differently. At that age, you're, you're kind of confused. A lot of people, you know, aren't as excited about travel and you want to tell them all about your trip and what you experienced, what you saw. And sometimes your, you know, friends or family members are like, oh, how was your trip? That's great. And, you know, you can't really share with them everything you experienced because they wouldn't really understand. Um, and then you'd kind of, I, for me, I would often question things like, well, do we have to do things this way? Or why don't we eat, you know, better food, like more fresh food (laughs) that all this amazing food I've just had. And we're eating hot pockets, like, you know, so a lot of, (laughs) you know, a lot of little basic things as well. So it was hard as a young person for sure. (laughs) So you mentioned something regarding human connection, fast forward all these years, where do you think we are on that arc of human connection here in the States? You know, um, I think we have a a long way to go. Um, I think we probably are better than we were in the, you know, mid-90s when I was was doing the traveling for the first time. Um, I think that, you know, people are longing for that human connection and yearning for it. And there are a lot of people that um, are making great communities and, you know, creating families outside their families and really valuing their, you know, relationships. Um, but I think, I think we have a long way to go. There are a lot of people who are very lonely. There are a lot of people who don't have the, the special relationships and friendships that, you know, luckily I've, I've certainly focused on developing and some people just don't know how, and, um, you know, some people just don't know how to relate to others. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important. We need to, we need to do that and show that and, and make that a priority, I think. What do you think? I agree. And I think your new endeavor can help solve some of these challenges. So if you can share something, some information about the Conscious Citizen Effect, I'd really appreciate it. Sure. So this is a website I launched um, in 2019. And 
it came out of just a frustration of not really understanding um, how to make the best choices. As you know, from a as a since I was a child, I wanted to kind of help make the world a better place or do something or be proactive. And I found myself wanting to make good consumer de uh, decisions and choices, but I didn't know what they were because everything out there can, tends to be so confusing. We oftentimes, as a society, as an American society, we don't know what's true, what, what is true, what's not true, what's fact, what's not fact. We you know, don't know which studies to trust or who's behind the studies. And there are just basic questions that I didn't know the answer to. Like, for example, I wanted to buy, you know, I was eating more meat at the time. I've started not eating as much meat, but I wanted to know how can I buy ethical meat? What does that mean? And it was very difficult um, to find that. And eggs, what, I've been buying cage-free eggs for years thinking that was like a humane thing to do. Well, it turns out it's really not. And so, um, you know, just writing a few articles, helping myself like learn how to make better decisions and just sharing with others what I'm learning um, and just being aware and um, aware of our, our choices and how they infect, uh, or, uh, impact other people has been, you know, really interesting. The tag on your conscious citizen effect, kinder to our planet, animals, and our local and global communities. I think that, um, and I could be wrong, so please correct me, that piece about uh, the loneliness and bringing people together, I think, I think that falls under that kinder to our local and global communities. Is that true? I think that's exactly right. I think we aren't aware of how connected that we are. Um, we just often make choices that are for our own personal convenience and our own self-serving interests. And we don't realize that my choices make an impact on someone I've never met before. And someone I've never met before make choices and they can impact me. And, you know, we really are more connected than we realize. And sometimes if we can just kind of be aware of that, you know, it makes us consider things differently and care a little bit more about other people. It's so easy to be in our own bubbles and to just focus on the few people in our little circles. But the reality is there are amazing people around the world everywhere and down the street that you've never met before that, you know, are just like you or me. And we're good people trying to do our best, making a better future for our children. And, you know, uh, we're all connected and we should just be aware of that so that we make You know, you choices. asked me a question earlier and I kind of switched gears on you. I feel like a lot of this is being caused by our digital differences and some of the challenges around devices, screen time, you, you know, you mentioned the world bubbles, um, echo chambers, perhaps. But uh, I feel like if we took the opportunity to step away from the devices and sat down with more diverse individuals and kind of explored each other, I really feel like there's a lot to be learned there. And I think that contributes to that, you know, your vision of global and local communities. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I found, um, you know, coming from an area that lacks so much diversity, I think it's a little better now, but not much. You know, I've gone out and lived in different cities and different countries. And when you love someone who's a different color than you, or you love someone who's of a different religion, or you love someone and have a, you know, wonderful friendship with people that come from, you know, parts of the world that, you know, people in your neighborhood where you grew up think is a scary part of the world, you know, um, you don't think about people in such a negative mm -hmm. way anymore. 
And so I agree with you, you know, um, creating relationships with people who are different from you, different age, just different background in general um, is so important. And I think we'll be more better understood. It's why one of one of the reasons I'm such an advocate for travel, um, you know, I always have been convinced, you know, if we travel more, we will have more peace on <laughs> the planet and earth because we will be less judgmental of each other and less scared of each other, you know? So, so anyway, do you I feel like you. travel should almost be mandatory? I mean, I think travel should be easier. Um, there are some people that have truly no interest in doing, and I would hate for someone to, you know, be forced to do something they don't want to do, obviously, but I do think it should be more, it's become more common. Um, and a lot of people don't travel because it's such a pain in the neck and it's so expensive and et cetera. But um, I do think we need to, to do something to make travel easier, accessible. more practical, you know, again, more common, accessible. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think it should be? You know, I, I think there should be more, <laughs> especially at a younger age, I think there should be more study abroad opportunities. And um, again, mm -hmm. we can get into a whole political debate of you know funding these um, endeavors, but I feel like I I, I do feel mm -hmm. like it should be easier, more accessible, and I you know I don't know what the grant situation looks like for for travel for for young kids, but to your point, I grew up in London, but we spent a lot of our childhood traveling to East Africa, traveling to America, traveling to Europe, and I think that the lessons I learned as a as a young child, especially tra traveling to East Africa. Have, have lived with me all these years when you come across individuals that, you know, don't look like you, don't act like you, and, you know, they're they're living through certain situations or certain conditions, A, you come home and you start questioning, you know, all the things that you have and, you know, could life be different? But B, I think that that residue stays with you throughout your life. You, you, you view life very differently than if you don't explore. And I, and I feel like perhaps maybe not mandatory, maybe mandatory is too strong of a word, but there should be more travel programs in school. Um, you know, I, I've got three young mm -hmm. ones and we're actually challenged with the opposite right now. And I'm hearing more and more parents actually complain that because the kids have so many activities to do during summer, that um, travel is actually cut down. And also traveling is a unexcused absence. And so, for example, we're thinking about, you know, going overseas during a Christmas holiday, but we have to maintain that two-week schedule and we can't really go out of bounds unless we want to go through the whole unexcused absence and then truancy process. So it's, um, I think, I think the system makes it harder yeah. to do so, but I do encourage it. And we, we still, regardless of what we need to do, we'll decide mm -hmm. to travel. That's right. Good. Good for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I forgot we have that Kenyan connection too. Now from our first, you know, yes. coffee meetings years ago. <laughs> so some of the, um, what are some of the steps or some yeah. of the hows to become a more conscious citizen? Well, okay. So I think the first thing is just to, here's what conscious even means. Um, I looked up, you know, the definition when I was starting the website, it means, to be aware of and responding to one's surroundings or to be awake. And that's what conscious means. And so the first thing to do is to become aware of when you purchase something or make a decision, what that looks like, what that means, what is it that I'm doing? So for example, for me, I have a lot, um, 
of decisions that I make about food and animals, you know, that I know have a bigger consequence on the planet. So I'm just kind of trying to learn what that means. Okay, if I buy these, you know, mushrooms that are wrapped in plastic packaging, and I'm just going to immediately throw that away. You know, what was the point of that? That's pointless. I don't need to do that. Or, you know, um, if I only buy meat, and I'm fueling the, you know, um, meat industry and the consequences that has on the planet, is that, you know, really, really worth it? Or, you know, just being, I would say the first thing is just to be aware. Um, it's amazing the things that are occurring to me now that weren't occurring to me eight months ago before I started deciding to be more conscious about my choices. Things that I've ignored for years or just never thought of or just weren't on the the radar. So once you kind of make a decision, I would like to be more aware of the choices I make. Things are going to come to you that, you know, you're going to start to question. And that's the whole point. Let me just play devil's advocate for a minute. Karina, I'm just so busy. Can you make it easy for me? Do you have like a one page handout or something that I can just turn to and say, when I'm shopping, I should behave this way or look for these signs when I'm, you know, doing things in my daily life? Do you have something along those lines? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, when you're doing any shopping, you know, luckily, I've written a lot of articles and have done the research for you you. (laughs) on a lot of the things I have written about. So you don't have to do it yourself. I mean, that was kind of the whole point. Um, But I would just say when you're making a decision, think about the consequence that it has on animals on the planet on your local and global communities. So is this item I'm buying? um, Is it animal cruelty free? Or is this entertainment that I'm attending animal cruelty free? Um, so, for example, I'm not going to go to any more Sea Worlds personally. I will never do that again. I'm not going to, you know, support. I'm not going to go ride elephants in Thailand because I know that you know those have been um, they've been poorly treated to be mm-hmm. rideable. So, for example, that's one thing you know you know you want to be aware of. Um, the next thing you want to be aware of is. What's the consequence on the planet? So reduce your reusable, um, reduce your plastic, single-use plastics, for example. Um, that's another thing you can easily do. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. I've got a few articles that, you know, um, have helped me to, to make those little changes. I need to get better. I'm still learning and trying to find out new services. But I would reduce your personal plastic use. Um I would consider food choices by thinking about animal welfare, number one, and then number two, you know, the planet. Um, And that's a whole nother conversation. And then you want to just be aware of, you know, your impact you have on your local and global community. So is this project going to support, you know, my local community? Is it, you know, at the expense of child labor somewhere? So just ask yourself those three questions, you know, is this helping, um, before you buy something. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, you know, there is a little uh, page on my website about living a conscious lifestyle that, you know, anyone can check out. It's just keeping those in mind. Um, So the conscious citizen effect.com and, you know, you'll see the conscious life you are, but I'd say those, those are to do. I'll put a link to it on the, on the show notes. Um, Let's have that conversation right now about the planet. Tell me about impact to the planet. Yes. Absolutely. So we're seeing a spike in plant-based food. And, you know, I've seen a lot of documentaries about, you know, why people are probably number one, reducing their meat consumption, or turning into vegetarians, or even vegans. 
And it has to do with the impact that the meat industry has on, you know, global warming, or I shouldn't say global warming, but climate change and the devastation of, you know, forests around the world. Um, and, you know, those were to me kind of what sparked my interest in learning more about how to eat. But, you know, me being from the Midwest, you know, pot roast and prime rib, you know, we're big meat lovers. So that was the initial attraction for me. But for me recently, what's really been interesting is, is learning about my own, you know, nutrition and, you know, what's, if something's great for the planet, but it, it's, if it's, for example, if eating meat is bad for the planet, but it's good for me personally, it's going to be really hard to change. But when I find out that it's bad for the planet, but it's also not healthy for me personally, then it's easy, easier to make that change. So I think it's about, you know, um, definitely about education. Um, and so, so meat's probably, meat and dairy are probably the biggest things that I've been aware of and how much of an impact those have on the planet. Um, and how about you? You've kind of made a, a, a change in your diet, right? If I understand. I did. Correctly. I made the shift to become a vegetarian back in 2017. It was, um, just a moment I had, I remember it was clearly, it was March of 2017 and, um, I just decided I didn't need it anymore. And, um, it wasn't actually at that time, it wasn't even a conscious effort regarding planet or animals or anything. It just, um, you know, I have three daughters and I was kind of looking at the foods that we were eating in the house and trying to be conscious about some of the hormones and the changes you know in in their lives and what we could do to you know whether it was contribute less to those effects or some of the food that we were taking in i just decided i didn't i didn't need it anymore and my point was to live by example and then they would see that and perhaps question the same thing so we've drastically cut back on you know on meat in our house meat consumption um I'm, i don't preach it to them i say you know they can make their own choices but when it comes to parenting, it's easier to lead by example than telling them. So that that mm-hmm. that was my reason for doing so. Mm, awesome, that's interesting. So you kind of focused on your own, you know, health and the health of your kids. Absolutely, and it turns out, and yeah, and that's what's great about the conscious, you know, citizen is sometimes you become aware of what's better for you is also sometimes better for the environment, and <laughs> and that's a prime example. It's better for everybody. It's a win-win. Absolutely. So staying with the conscious citizen for a moment, you know, there are many, many people, I'm sure hundreds, if not thousands of individuals that feel this kind of impetus in their life, um, but they don't make an effort to, you know, start a, a business organization regarding or around that. What, like, why, why now? What pushed you to launch it now? You know, I just am so sick of being confused and unaware about everything, you know, um, I, and it just seems like now there is more than ever um, a demand to think critically about things. I mean, you know, we're seeing so much happening in the world and we're seeing these consequences, you know, I mean, look, you know, it just heartbreaks for things that are going on, like in Australia right now, for example. And you just kind of sometimes have to take responsibility yourself for things. We can't keep expecting other people you know, to do everything for us and create solutions. Sometimes we just need to do things our, ourselves or help others do things. And um, it just seems like now's the right time. I happen to have a few months off this summer. And so I decided to pour my energy into learning things I've always wanted to learn more about. I mean, being curious and wanting to learn has been key. And I just happen to have some time off to do that. And, and that's why I did it this, this particular time in my life. 
So what do you see the conscious citizen evolving into? Well, the main goal for this particular website is to help accelerate culture change. Um, we are seeing companies making you know, wonderful changes and adjustments, but we have a long way to go. And the reality is that as consumers, we have the power to demand you know, what we want. We shop with our wallets. Um, when I first started the website, the only place I could buy pasture-raised eggs, which are the most ethical eggs you can buy if you eat eggs, um, were either from the farmer's market or Whole Foods had some pasture-raised eggs. Um, but since I've you know, started and a few months later, um, Trader Joe's used to not have them. Now Trader Joe's has pasture-raised eggs because people were asking for them. Um, and now I can buy them in my, the basic grocery stores as well. It's ex- the demand is, has expanded. And so um, that's the goal of the website is to help consumers demand uh, conscious, conscious options so that you know, companies can adjust to what we're demanding. So that's the overall, overall goal. I love the idea, and I look forward to seeing where you go with that. Oh, what's your puppy's name? <laughs> I've got Caesar the Great. He's in my little blondies. And I've got Chloe, Chloe Simone. And, yeah, they hear someone outside. I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no problem at all. So what I was going to say is, last question I have for you is that if you could share some advice with the audience, what would it be? Well, I would say two things. Number one, you know, your choices matter. You matter. It's so easy to say, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I do. We have to wait for these big companies to make big changes. But really, it does matter, you know, um, just making little adjustments um, and little lifestyle changes is how a whole culture changes. And so um, it does matter what you do. And I would also just say the other part to it is that you know, loving other people is all that really matters. And that's what I personally believe. And when you get down to all these causes and calls to action, it's really because we want a better world for other people, people that we love, you know, our our kids, our grandkids are, you know, you know, people that we love. So if you can just focus on you know, loving other people, you know, making choices, being aware of your, you know, uh, your impact on others. Um, I think the entire world would be much better off. I think leaving it at loving other people is a beautiful place to stop. Karina, thank you so much for being on. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Okay. Thank you, Raj. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you.